This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. What's in my heart tonight? (laughs) We have this phrase in charismatic circles, uh, corresponding actions in the teaching of faith. (laughs) This whole night's been about corresponding actions. Releasing ourselves, letting go. All of it a reaction, a response to God touching us, to God dwelling in our midst, to the kingdom literally surrounding us, literally surrounding us. And at the end of worship, I was sitting there thinking every situation in our lives has been strategically redeemed by God, intended to be an opportunity for a corresponding action to truth. What the enemy means to get us off track, to discourage us, to steal the word, actually becomes the bed of dirt to plant the seed of our trust in God, to practice gardening so that the love of God blossoms across the earth. Do we recognize it? I'm asking myself that question too. Do I, do I recognize literally what God is doing in my life? What God is doing in my midst? Personally, um, corporately. I think so often we can come to the ministry of the teaching of faith and want to get a formula, want to get a a recipe, an answer to be delivered out of situations. And God says, I'm going to draw your heart and your mind and your actions into one smooth, symphonic dance of the release of the kingdom. And unfortunately, sometimes we'll sit in church so much and for so long that we think it's all about church. Say no condemnation, right? This morning I was, uh, it's funny because most of the time what, what's going to come out of me comes into me personally first. And um, so I'm doing my makeup this morning and I literally had to run and find my phone and I just wanted to type these questions in. So I'm going to start with these questions. Knowing the word is great, but what then? What do I do with it? Do I check my self-talk? You know, there's self-talk inside. We all have conversations going on inside. Sometimes we just think it's us. Sometimes um, we may get, you know, demon freaked and think it's demons coming to trick us or whatever. But there is self-talk. There's stuff that happens because of the situations around us. So do I check my self-talk and make sure it matches up with the word of God? Do I make my thoughts submit to the word and its authority? Do I take down the lies by subjecting them to the truth himself? You see, it's not subjecting them to the truth. Subjecting them to Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, because his power 
destroys yokes and bondages, destroys the turmoil in life. You see, we, we use all these terms from New King James or King James, yokes and bondages and deliverance, and, and, and we, we're like, okay, how do I bring that down to brass tacks in my personal life? I mean, most of us, if we're not into farming, we, I mean, a yoke, like what's a yoke? Because we don't wear yokes here, we wear them here. Yokes that keep us from being free. Even tonight, the exhortation that came to, that was like, you know, let yourself go. Let even, um, when Christine says she, she sensed a blanket being taken off of her. The symbolism of God to come and paint pictures for people before they even come into an atmosphere. Like he prepares our hearts for what he's bringing to us. It's crazy, guys. So, um... I want to talk about corresponding actions because everything that comes to us from God, all of the courage, all of the encouragement is meant to act something out. But we get caught, well, what is the right action? And there is no wrong action if he has stirred us inside. So I really want to stimulate you tonight, get you to think, get you to to sort of do a, um, what is that? Fall called like when trust fall, man, do some daggone trust falls. There's corresponding actions. What in your life is trying to hold you down, shut you up, keep you from believing this word? What is trying to make you think that you're not loved, that you're not saved, that you don't have truth on your tongue? What is trying to make you think that God is not good, that he is not faithful? That his word doesn't work for you. What is sitting you down and shutting you up and making you a church person? (laughs) I'm serious. I am so serious. I love church. I love gathering with you all. But we were never meant to be church people. We were meant to gather. But it was so that our lives would be so intricately put together that we would be a force of agreement and unity against which the enemy would have no recourse. That the word of God would spread like the waters on the ocean. Even if we would look and say the tsunami should give us a symbolism. That the word of God should take over nations. Not water that physically drowns people. Can we get to a place where we say, we're not having another physical tsunami. No more nations are going to lose thousands upon thousands of people to physical death because of the waters that were meant to bless our lives. Come on, church. It is time. What is my corresponding action? What is your corresponding action? The beginning of it happens right here. You kicked it, man. You kicked it. Because you, you took that and put it in a place where this isn't about money. But it is, but it's not. It's a corresponding action that says, my bank account doesn't rule me. My bank account doesn't have to go dry. My heart is literally pounding right now because everything... Marianne has broken down the word for three weeks in a row. What action is that provoking you into? Even if it's just the action that says, don't be afraid. I'm working in your life. See, I would say to you tonight, what is scaring you? What is haunting you? 
What is diminishing your belief in God or your belief in yourself? You see, I heard a teacher a while back say, because he's got numerous um, atheists that love. (laughs) Jesus is so funny to me. I love him so much. He's got a community of atheists in his Christian church because they love the love. They don't understand it's God. So when they say to him, well, but I don't believe in God. Can I be a part of your church? But I don't believe in God. And he said, that's okay. He believes in you. Do you know that he believes in you? Do you know that he believes in us so much that he put himself inside of us and said, you are so capable. See, the Bible says you are able ministers of a new covenant. A new relationship. Something never seen before. So it's a little bit important. Here it is. It's a little bit important. All that we've been learning about thoughts and scriptures. And it's not for the sake of the scriptures and being a cute Christian. It's about my thoughts being born new. See, it's wonderful. To have our badge on our little sash that says I'm a born-again believer. I'm saying to myself, it's not okay for me to just be the way I am that I've been for however many years or even how I was last week. Something's happening in Northern Virginia. Something's happening in this house. Something's happening on Wednesday nights, guys. And the thing that I want to say to you is you're a major part of it. You're a major reason for what's happening in this room on Wednesday nights. Your hearts, your hunger. And I'm going to say this. Yes, your desperation, my desperation, our needs. Because he says, I am the one who meets the needs. And I'm coming with these scriptures, not so you'll be Bible literate or theological. But so that you'll know the level of my relationship with you in a kingdom that is way beyond doctrine. You see, the doctrine's in the kingdom. The kingdom's not in the doctrine. This is so powerful, and this is why I'm talking to you about this stuff tonight, and we'll see how much of my guts go with this and how much of my guts just sort of like explode because I'm saying, okay, okay, I'll be a corresponding action tonight. I'll, I'll be like tripped out because I'm, I don't want to just teach the Bible. I want to teach it, but I want it to be that every one of us realize we are free. The blanket has been taken off us. We're truly not bound. But what binds us? Even though in truth we are not bound. A leading neurosurgeon says the speech center in the brain exercises dominion over the whole central nervous system. I think God knew what he was talking about. When he said, take every thought captive. Because whatever, I mean, Jesus said, Matthew 12. He said, out of the abundance of your heart, you're going to speak. Out of what's going on in the interior, out of the self-talk inside of us, we will speak out. We will act out. It's, it's not a maybe. It's going to happen. We're going to live our lives. Say no condemnation. I'm saying no condemnation. Kathy says to Jesus, no condemnation. 
But he's like getting serious about this. He's like, okay, you guys said you want me to come. You guys said you want Holy Spirit movement on Wednesday nights. You guys said you want to yield to me. Well, hello. Come on. Thank you. you want to be spirit filled? Well, hello. It's going to shake my realm. At the printing of the book that I read this in, it was 2007. And it was a new discovery. That was 13 years ago. I think science is catching up with God. You can cause different parts of the body to respond with stimuli to corresponding parts of the human brain. So even how we're fearfully and wonderfully built, there are corresponding actions based on how we talk inside. (laughs) That just tickles the snot out of me. Like the way he built us, we are built to be amazing. We are built to be safe and secure. We are built to be happy, not sad. Because I'm going to, from corresponding actions, I'm going into light and dark. It's time that we recognize the difference between the light and the dark. We say we know light and dark, but unless it literally looks like a demon, we just tolerate it. I'm going to tell you what. And this isn't like a judgmental thing, I don't think, on his part. But our crazy thinking to God looks like demons. Because he knows that that's who actually sowed the nonsense into the earth. But then once he recruited us, not God. Once the enemy recruited man in crazy, stinking thinking, we perpetuate it. We can't blame him. I hope you're not mad at me tonight, but anyways... So you can cause different parts to to react. However, when the speech center is stimulated, the entire central nervous system responds. If you have something funky going on in your body and and you have truth going on in your body and you say, no, no, I'm I'm not yielding into the sickness or the depression or the oppression. No, there's a lie telling me that I'm depressed and that I'm never happy. And the truth says that I have the joy of the Lord inside me and it happens to be a strength that fortifies me daily. But if we're not, ha, 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 we think we don't have the joy. God never said it was a laugh. He said it was a spiritual force and a power in our lives. And that if we would yield to his strength. So this study on Wednesday nights, this church thing where we come and study the word and we share and we teach and preach and and stimulate each other and, and exhort one another on an offering or in worship or whatever. God is in our midst doing something. The Bible has always revealed this fact. (laughs) Funny we never saw it. And some still deny it. That that's just psychology. I think the first psychologist and psychiatrist might have been divine. And he says, if you will let me show you how to use the psychology of your thinking, you will excel in life. The Bible has always revealed this fact, just in case, you know, I mean, I'm not not doing scripture. Let the weak say, I am strong. That was first said in Joel 3.10, then 2 Corinthians 12.10. Seeds are words, and words are containers. So the confessions you make every day, and I'm not talking about the outward confessions that would be um, approved by whatever preacher you think is 
the big dog of the day. But the confession you make inside, because any confession you make outside started inside. Seeds are words and words are containers. So the confessions you make every day are a time of sowing, spreading seed. You know, we sometimes try to work ourselves up. I'm going to work myself up, and then I'm going to make a confession. I'm going to make a faith confession. And I'm going to sow some seed over my life. Kathy, you have been sowing seed. And all I got to do is check the crop. Say no condemnation. No condemnation. condemnation. I'm saying no condemnation. We just check the crop. If we're depressed, if we're fearful of our future, if whatever's going on, if I'm sad, if I just have a tendency toward feeling like I'm not going to make it, the the shoe's always going to drop for me. I've been planting something. And you know... One of the things that we can, you know, say no condemnation is some of it was sown into us. Some of us were raised in households of negativity. Um, And unfortunately, some of those households of negativity were churches. Are you all with me? Do I feel mean tonight? I'm not meaning to be mean. I'm like so fired up. I'm serious. My heart is just like, because I'm so stirred that God is in our midst. God cares so deeply that he is literally coming into the earth, into the church world, not just living faith, into the church world. And he's saying, come on, man, I've redeemed you. Like this is a done deal. And we can say that, oh, the finished work of Christ. How finished is it in my mind? It doesn't matter if everybody in the world believes it's finished work. If I sit and don't believe he has finished something for me, what good is it? So we have to be intentional about our sewing. That's all I'm going to share of that. Um, now I'm going to bounce to Romans 14, 17. We'll actually look at the scripture. Romans fourteen seventeen. Oh man, I love... Words always paint pictures, and and that's what is so awesome about God is he doesn't say, I want you to just find your way on your own. He says, I'm going to draw you a map. I'm going to paint you some pictures, whatever you need. If you need to hear something from me, I'll help you to hear something, whether you hear it directly from me, whether you sit alone with me in devotional time and hear it, or whether somebody preaches it to you, a friend says it to you and encourages you. God always is like, I'm going to get to you. I think it's very important that we know he's going to get to us. He's, and, and I'm only painting pictures because he's already here. But in our crazy place, in our fearful place, he will get to us. He will not leave you in your down, well, what was it you said, Ralph, Debbie Downer place. He won't leave you, leave you in your Debbie Downer place. No offense, Deb. <laughs> but there's that phrase, you know, that people use that just down, just like, I just don't feel like things can work out. So in thinking about the actions that correspond to what I actually believe, Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom, I'm going to start at 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I want to bring this because it doesn't say that 
the kingdom of God, the domain of God, because that's what kingdom is not speaking. You know, in the, in the Western culture, we often don't really have an understanding of kingdom because we, we are not known as a kingdom. You know, we're, it's a different kind of government, different kind of culture. But in a kingdom, it's, there's a certain domain that is the king's domain. And so the king's domain, our king's domain, is righteousness and remember, you didn't do your righteousness and you don't do your righteousness by being good. That's important to know tonight. If you don't get anything else, get that. You couldn't be. We can't do it. It's a gift. He actually recreated us out of righteousness. His, his spirit, his righteousness. He says, no, I'm going to do the deal for mankind. And next, next module that we're going to do in here is covenant. It's going to be about the relationship with God, what that really means. And we're going to look at things like healing. Pastor Rebette's going to do some healing teaching in here because healing is just the entrance of life. And so sickness goes. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So if my thinking does not cause me to stand right in a position and know I am cool with God, Period. No no matter what I did before, no matter what I'm doing right now, no matter what I do in the future. That's not to say that everything is cool and right, but we're righteous. But the only reason that it's not right is because it'll kill us. No one just drops dead. Death on the earth is the product of many, many thoughts, many, many seeds that made many, many thoughts that causes man to not accept the goodness of God. Say no condemnation, because we all know we get symptoms in different things. But the more we get into realizing in my, in God's domain, my thinking is in God's domain. You're in Christ. You're in the domain of God. Your thoughts. He doesn't like say, oh my gosh, Kathy is thinking crazy. I'm not looking. I can't look. See, I was taught growing up in church. God will not look upon sin. Well, I want to paint better I want to broaden that you know like I told you I like to on my iPad somebody sends me pictures sometimes Katie or Daniel send me a picture Grace will send me a picture of Zeke and I'll stretch it out Marion sends me pictures of my babies from the time they were little I stretch them out on my iPad I want to see I want to look in their eyes Livy gets these looks and I'm like I gotta check out the attitude I love it <laughs> and I stretch the picture I like to stretch the picture with the words of God so When he comes with respect to righteousness, he wants me to understand. He doesn't want me to just be a well-behaved daughter of God. He wants me to be a safe daughter of God. A healthy, wealthy, and wise daughter of God. And same for you, daughter or son. We're all sons, technically. But seriously, we've got to get that picture. We've got to get away from the mentality that God wants a well-behaved family so we can prove to the world that we are Christians. No, he wants the world to see that he is good. That he is loving. That he accepts. So when, when we're talking tonight about thoughts and corresponding actions, the actions come out of the thoughts. So some of... Some of what we have to be doing is when we start feeling funky, we need to check, what have I been thinking? 
what, what, seriously, like check our thoughts. That's what the apostle Paul taught. He said, taking every thought captive in obedience to Christ, in obedience to the anointing, in obedience to the living word, the living word, because God says, I want my word to bring you life. It'll bring it first in our thoughts. We need to reign in our thoughts. I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know (laughs) because we're not different. Sometimes my thoughts are a train, like a runaway train going down a track. Anybody ever feel that I'm putting both hands up? I mean, sometimes a situation will slam you against the wall. And your thoughts go wild because everything in the situation militates against this and what he's revealed to you of this. And sealed up in those negative words, those words of darkness, are things from a different kingdom. But because God built us to be filled and influenced by that which fills us, they can take root. Say, I'm not freaked. Because light always dispels darkness. Which is why we want to look at what we're thinking. Because when we let a scriptural truth, something we've learned, come and shine in that, and we do that by saying, I'm, I'm not going to take that thought. I'm going to apply that, the, the thoughts from scripture. I've got symptoms right now, but I know that Jesus paid a price so that sickness and disease doesn't have to take me captive. And it'll happen first here. You can get a symptom, but then here it says, but we all get sick. That is a fact. I mean, that's not, that's not naturally a lie, but it's not God's will. And then we feel guilty because we're like, well, if it's not God's will, I shouldn't get sick. But I do, so I must not have strong faith. And see, we go down a road that makes us look less than. But that's not the truth. We're powerful beings. We are built in the image of God. But we need to be intentional. We can't just let things run in the halls of our mind. You know, if there was wild animals in your yard, you wouldn't just open the front door and say, okay, skunks, squirrels, foxes, deer, just come run around in my house, up and down the stairs, poop all over the place. It doesn't matter. But we let dark stuff come and poop all over them. I'm sorry if you're offended, but we've got to paint pictures that aren't just church pictures. We have got to get a grip that there are things happening on the inside of us that our Heavenly Father never intended for us. And Jesus paid a very high price. And what's happening in my heart is I want to honor him. I don't want to make light the price he paid so that we can live Live, like live. Are you all with me? So that's a beginning that if your thoughts aren't in the domain of God, if they aren't that you truly are righteous in his sight, that you are completely accepted, if they don't bring peace, and if there's no joy. Um, If we're truly persuaded by information that enters our lives, there will be activities that match up. You know, we do that in the negative. Somebody hurts our feelings and we sulk and then we think we're less than and we think people don't like us. And so there's actions. It's on our face. People can read it on our face, right? 
It's, there's just things that happen. Anytime we believe or feel strongly about something, we have behaviors that match up with that belief. And we need to understand that the way we think on an ongoing basis will actually produce or birth all the actions in our life. <laughs> That's exciting, isn't it? Let's have just a brain, free brain thing. Just let your brain go. Like, we can laugh at that. We can laugh at that. We're human. We can act crazy and not, it, we don't even realize we're acting crazy because we were raised this way. And unfortunately, the sad thing is that, again, in some ways, we were ra- raised in church to think negatively of ourselves. I was raised, and I, I so honor the denomination I was raised in. But I, it was said I wish I had a dime for every time it was said that we are simply worms of the dust, sinners saved by grace, worms of the dust, that we are just worthless beings and Jesus, like he just gave us something because we were just a mess and now we'll go to heaven. But it left us here on the planet feeling like we were inept to handle all of this scary stuff, which is not true. Confidence, inclination, now I want you to listen to these words, confidence, inclination, spontaneous thoughts, all of these things can be the move of our faith. But do we recognize it as such? Or do we think it's going to be some really miraculous looking spiritual thing? You see, if if we have crazy thinking and a thought comes that says, don't think like that. It might be God. It might be the movement of our faith. He touches us. And we realize that's not the way I should be thinking. But often we'll sink into um, condemnation. Like, I'm not thinking like a good Christian. That's not the Father's point. It's just like if, if I was walking, you know, in our neighborhood and one of my grandbabies ran out in the street and a car was coming, I would run and violently grab them out of the front of the car. But that wouldn't mean I was mad at them. That would mean I was saving them. Come on, guys. Sometimes when we sense conviction, we don't realize it's a gift. So if we will recognize these spontaneous thoughts, just out of the blue, you might be listening to a song and it makes you lift inside like you just feel happy like all of a sudden you feel lighter guess who we get so spiritual that we don't think that's god and then we get so spiritual that we're just like well we want to be sure that we're being led by the holy spirit Come on, guys. If it's light, if it's truth, it's holy. Are y'all with me? Because honestly, I'm tired of the religious thinking that holds the beautiful children of God down and squishes them and makes them think that, well, some are smart and theological and some are just regular people. There's no regular people. There aren't any regular people. God doesn't see regular people. He sees people who are Made in his image, filled with life, with the capacity. This is why we have to tell people the truth. Not the message of our church or denomination. We have to tell them the truth. So what does living in faith, 
led by God really look like? You know who's going to describe that for you? Holy Spirit. (laughs) Because he's going to guide you. He's going to give you spontaneous thoughts. You might have a totally different spontaneous thought from me. And you know what we've got to get a grip on is as people come into God that haven't been raised in church, we cannot judge them for the types of pictures they get that draw them to God. We can't judge them for how they worship. When they've experienced the love of God and they come in and they let go. And then they find out that's not acceptable in church. It's called quenching the spirit. When the word of God stirs us into action, it is an operation of his light. Psalm 119 verse 130 in the New King James says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Anytime a verse rises up in you or you come across a verse and literally it captures you, the light just arrested you. The light just came. The entrance of his word came to rescue you. Because think about it. It's not just one seed. He comes with a seed that is so potent that it will build an entire life thing inside of you. In China, um, years ago, I, I read about a, a testimony of this, um, this little village had gotten a hold of one Bible. One Bible. Against the law, you could be killed for having a Bible. Got a hold of one Bible, and they just started tearing out the pages and giving them to people and tearing the pages in half. And Do you know how blessed we are to have the Bible? to be able to legally have the Bible, to speak about it in public, to carry it with us. They were tearing it up, and the more people that would come, the people that would get a page, somebody would come to them and say, I don't have any word, and they would tear the page in half and share it so that they could each have a verse, have something to look at that came from God. The entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. You see, he didn't say understand every scripture. It's nice to understand the scripture. But he said it will give you understanding. Because when we turn toward God, when we acknowledge God, when we take anything from this book and we turn toward him and say, oh, my goodness, you want to communicate with me. The Passion Translation says, break open your word within me. Until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. We sat in chats tonight. There was probably about 18 of us. Roth had gotten like a testimony and he said, I want to share it, PC. And so I said, let's do it. Just do it. We had three or four new people and and I'm not going to name people, but in that group, the Spirit of God, just each story bled into the next story and charged to where literally we sat there and in 45, 50 minutes, we saw that all the puzzle pieces of every person, including the people there for the first time, fit intricately together for a testimony of the goodness of God. 
it's a way big deal. The entrance of your word gives light. You see, you, with the word, entering a situation brings light. The input, and this is not that verse. This is my note. The input that God gives stabilizes us and brings a peace that shines out of us. You may not feel it. You may not know it's happening. But when we take our own thoughts and we say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust my thoughts. I'm going to adjust how I'm staying alive inside. I'm aware of the situations. I know exactly what they feel like to me. I've got some. You guys think some of us don't have them. <laughs> right. I'm learning more and more. I mean, I could say I have learned, but I want to keep learning. I want to keep learning because the stuff that keeps coming against us keeps coming against us. It doesn't stop because you accept Jesus. It doesn't stop because you have some theological knowledge for a decade or two or three. It doesn't stop coming at me because I've been here 30 years. There are lies that live on this planet. God is bigger. Light lifts us out of a bad place, perhaps a natural place that is dangerously disruptive to the flow of life, our life. Do we realize, Wednesday night peeps, that our thoughts are dangerously disruptive? No condemnation as far as trying to prove ourselves. But when it comes to life, light dispels darkness. It displaces and annihilates those things in life that are separate from God. You know, in the church so often we'll say sin is the action. What actually is the sin, because sin is missing the mark. Sin is a separation. Separating from God and our thoughts actually makes us able to do things we wouldn't normally do. Close your eyes and take a deep breath because there is no condemnation in this. The sin has been paid for. The separation has been paid for. And he says, now I'm, I see humans connected to me. So we have to tell people God wants you. God loves you. Those things that are separate are of a darkened nature or tendencies. Remember, we got born again. And we were delivered from darkness. But there are things, because our brain is fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, our, our memory bank, we were built with such a capacity that you don't really forget. You don't always consciously think of things. But when I would sit and talk to my grandmother, she would tell me, this was when she was 89 years old, she would tell me stories from when she was five. This was in her memory bank. Now, at 89, there's a lot in your memory bank. But she would tell me details of dresses her mother had made for her. Well, I want you to know, (laughs) it just hit me when I said that, Jesus has details of some clothing God has made for you. And he doesn't want you to forget it. Since we are new and created or birthed by God, things that differ from our new nature will set off alarms in us. 
For each one of us, it might feel different. I mean, sometimes just feeling yourself go down. That's an alarm. That's an alarm. Uh, uh, uh. This thought's an intrusion. Somebody got past the security system. It makes us feel disquieted inside. I'm just describing things the way they are for me, but as I say how I feel, I want you to think about how you feel. It's important for you to know how you feel what you feel. And if you feel nothing, talk to him about it. Because we were built to be able to feel, to be able to be fully expressive, fully experiencing on the inside what we will communicate outwardly. Are you all with me? Do you know that feeling of disquieted? If you don't and you want to talk more about it, just look me up. Often we think being led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is going to be so obviously God. But a lot of the time, it's not obviously God. That's why I brought up spontaneous thoughts. When you have a thought out of nowhere that is a good thought, and it's not even how you would think. You ever had those thoughts? I've had thoughts, and I'm like, and it's even verbalized because sometimes I'll get a thought and then write it down. And then when I read it out, like, out loud to myself, I'm like, I don't even talk like that. Where does that come from? See, I was actually raised to be afraid of this kind of thinking. But then I learned that fear is never God. <laughs> come on, guys. Well, uh, you want me to chapter verse? God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. So, I mean, the Bible literally tells us he didn't give us fear. He won't give us a spirit of fear. Where would he get it? You think he's afraid? He's not concerned about anything. We look around us and we're concerned of the future of this nation. Sometimes I have those kind of thoughts like, "Mm." and I've heard Christians say, the United States is going to hell in a handbasket. And we're the prophets of the globe? That's scary to me. Yes, we got to shut down that kind of thinking. What does God want for us? I'm being really serious tonight, and I know it's late. It's nine minutes to nine. And I know some people have been up forever. And, but the point is, God is talking to us. Light speaks, and I'm going to show you some things from Scripture. Light speaks of happiness, and this is the scriptural picture of it. Joy and peace, life born of God. Remember, that's why I showed you Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is, yep, darkness speaks of unhappiness, an existence separated from the empowerment and gracing of God. John 1, 4 says, the life was the light of the world. John 1 speaks of, um, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He, Jesus, was in the beginning. Nothing was made except by him. Anything that was made was made by him. The light. So God's intention was that everything that was made would be light, not dark. But if the enemy comes in and misuses even how God built us, he makes dark thoughts. John eight twelve, the Passion Translation. Then Jesus said, I am light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life, giving light and they will never walk in darkness you see the the light is present with us 
always present with us. This is why Paul, the Apostle Paul, an apostolic father said, take your thoughts captive, arrest them, arrest dark thoughts with the light. Ephesians 5, 8 to 10, and then verses 13 and 14 in the Passion Translation says, your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you. Don't say we'll make them. They'll be in us. He's in us. What switches the light off for you? Are you alert to that, aware of that? Is there something that's happened to you in your life or something that's going on now that switches the light off? His light will be seen in you, goodness, righteousness, and truth. Then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. I'm going to be honest. I, I read that and I thought for the Passion Translation, that sounded kind of religious to me. But I, po- but I pondered it. No, seriously, doesn't it? Like, you know, then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. But then I sat and I thought about it. And I thought, wow, he guides us and trains us how to make our choices. How beautiful is that? And then the word Lord is curios. You know what curious means? Supreme in authority. Then you will learn how to make your choices in a beautiful fashion for the one supreme in authority. And why does he want us to make choices? Right choices. Because he loves us. He says, if you make a good choice, you're going to live. If you make a wrong choice, I'm going to be sad. Because you're going to get hurt. Don't parents say that to our children? We say, I really love you, but I can't let you do that. Because if you do that, if you go there and stay with those people, you're going to become like them and you're going to go downhill. So no, you're not allowed to run with that group. And they hate us and they get mad. And they sometimes sneak around. Yeah. Oh, well. But, but think our hearts aren't even God himself. God himself says, I don't want you to run with that crowd of thoughts. Because if you run with that crowd, you will become like that thought process. You will get fearful. You will feel timid. You will lose your confidence because you'll know deep inside you're not in a healthy place. Verses 13 and 14 says, whatever the revelation light exposes, you know, the alarms, beep, 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 intruder, it will also correct. See, sometimes we're like, I don't want to address that because I don't know how to correct it. Then don't try. Just let the light come. It will correct. And everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. You know, we don't get oppressed, depressed, and sad in our spirit. It's in our soul. Your soul and spirit are not the same thing. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Everything that reveals truth is light to my soul. This is why the scripture says, and this is still that verse, Arise, you sleeper. Rise up from your coffin, and the anointed one will shine his light into you almost like sometimes our crazy thinking makes us like vampires. We like, the light comes and we feel convicted and we go, because ah, I feel so dirty when the light comes. So we hide in the 
darkness than night. I'm speaking to me too. I got some stuff going on that messes with me. First uh, Thessalonians, oh, I can do it. First Thessalonians 5, 5 and 6. For you are all children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night nor the darkness. This is why we must not fall asleep as the rest do, but, and I got this in all caps in my notes, but keep wide awake and clear headed. And my note to me, understand the nature of your actions. Some of the ways I act, I need to backtrack and understand the nature of that. It's not the light in me. 1 John 1, 5 to 7. This is the life-giving message we heard from him. We heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. Love it. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we share life with him but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living the truth. doesn't say you're dirty and you're going to hell. You might feel like it. <laughs> But it doesn't say you're going there. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all sin. Now I want to just share with you um, about light and darkness from from the original language. Light is phos, P-H-O-S. It's to shine or make manifest, to make luminous. I heard somebody um, say one time in a book that God made Christians to glow in the dark. It's almost like we're radioactive, but we're not radioactive. We're spiritual active, like this, those fluorescent fish, you know. I got to watch the clock. Um, it's primar- primarily light is a luminous emanation, probably of force. Now, this is speaking about natural light from certain bodies, which enables the eye to discern form and color. Light requires an organ adapted for its reception. Matthew 6.22 in the Passion Translation said, the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. Remember that that word, like Marianne has been teaching for three weeks, it wasn't all Bible words. It was the Greek of the day. And God chose to use that language because it's so picturesque and rich. Where the eye is absent or where it has become impaired from any cause, light is useless. Don't let the eye of your spirit, of your soul, whatever, be messed with. That's what darkness, that's what lies do. It blinds us. Man naturally is incapable of receiving spiritual light in as much as he lacks the capacity for spiritual things on his own or in an unregenerate state. Hence, believers are called sons of life, not light, not merely because they have received a revelation from God, but because in the new birth they have received the spiritual capacity. You have the capacity to be filled with light by choice. I mean, you're filled with him, but we can literally have this. I mean, remember when Jesus said, don't hide your light under a basket. Crazy thinking is a basket. It's like putting a lampshade on a 100 watt bulb. If you put a black lampshade on a 100 watt bulb, the room's not going to be as light. 
Now, here's, here's darkness. It's scotia, and it's S-K, or in some um, uh, manuals, it was S-C-O-T-I-A. Scotia, as spiritual darkness, basically describes everything earthly or demonic that is at odds or at enmity with God. Now, here's a note for you. Death is the opposite of life. It never denotes non-existence. Humans exist forever. I want to exist in light. How about you? As spiritual life is, and remember, these words are painting pictures. These are from reference materials. I'm not building a doctrine here. I'm just, this is what scripture tells us about light and dark. And these Greek words explain why God chose them. As spiritual life is conscious existence in communion with God, so spiritual death is conscious existence in separation from God. Remember in Genesis, when God told Adam, if you eat from the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in eating, surely you will die. But it wasn't a die like drop dead. It was a you will surely die in dying spiritually by eating wrong. Darkness would come to your thinking, and then bit by bit, you will go down a wrong path in your thinking. See, so often we'll take things from scripture and then we think it's like this cut and dried thing where God's like, ah, you sinned, gone, hell for you. I'm not going to waste my love on you anymore. In fact, I'm not even going to waste my attention on you. And we think God views people that don't walk with him that way. Really? I got three kids. We've walked through some interesting things in life. And never once did Neil or I, when the interesting, you know, interesting went on, never once did we turn our backs. And we're just natural parents. Never once did we say, we won't help you. We are not for you. We're not for what you're doing, but we're for you. So we will advocate with you against the darkness that's tricking you right now. And that's natural parenting. How much more our Father God, guys? Come on. Father, I thank you that that tonight we get a different picture of the corresponding actions. I thank you, Father, that for every man and woman in this room, there is no condemnation, no condemnation. You've come to open our eyes, to bring the light, to cause us to see the error of our thinking sometimes so that we will be safe, so that you can rescue, you can give us a refuge from thoughts that torment us. Father, I pray for those tonight in this room that are experiencing measures of torment in different life situations. And I give you honor, Father God, and I praise you and thank you that this word you will minister into their hearts. You will show them where the light is there present to cover them, to comfort them, to lift them up, to guide them, to teach them. I thank you for myself personally too. I thank you. You're rescuing me. I thank you, Father, for your goodness and your faithful love. I thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us in any way, shape, or form. You never, ever turn your back on us. Even when I was in my crazy places living awful in my young adult life, you were right there with me. I stand here today because I grew up in a family filled with light. They didn't know it half the time. But we had accepted Jesus, the light. And so I honor you for what you're doing in our midst in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. Um, Please don't take any condemnation away from this message. Um, God is, he's rescuing so many of us in so many ways.
I love you guys. Have a great week.